So as you've noticed from the readings and the collect, we're gathered here tonight observing the Feast of the Annunciation transferred from the 25th to the 23rd. You might remember that last year, actually, the, the Annunciation fell on Good Friday. And uh, John Donne actually wrote a famous poem about the coincidence of those two. That happens rarely. But the Feast of the Annunciation does fall in our season of Lent every year. And it's appropriate. It's fitting that the Annunciation falls in the season of Lent because Lent is a time for training our wills to be realigned to the will of God. That's the purpose of taking on fasting or taking up disciplines like prayer or other acts of charity in order to let go of what we are attached to and draw into ourselves what God desires and so to turn our will back to God. And Mary, in the Gospel of Luke, as we heard from Cynthia earlier this week, thank you, Cynthia, Mary is the ideal disciple in the Gospel of Luke. She constantly is showing us what it means to have our will trained on God's own will. What it means to respond to the stirring of God within us. And uh, as I've been thinking about what sort of readings have we been hearing in church lately, I've turned to the last two Sunday gospel readings. And those gospel readings are also about individuals responding to the stirring of God within them when they encounter Jesus. So we have Nicodemus, curious about Jesus, comes to him at night with his will, his desiring stirred up and desires to know more. And that desiring, that stirring up the will and Nicodemus's will moving towards God as revealed in Jesus Christ bears fruit, we know, because Nicodemus is the one who pays for the anointing of Jesus with precious oils at his death and burial. So he must become part of that inner circle of the companions of Jesus. And then we think to this most previous Sunday, uh, the Samaritan woman at the well. And that story in the Gospel of John is all about desiring and thirsting and responding to what Jesus is saying. To the degree to which when she is done speaking with Jesus, she goes and tells the rest of the village, and they begin to believe first because of her testimony. She is an apostle. And at the end of the story, as they've spoken with Jesus for a few days, they say, now we believe, and not only because of what this woman has told us, but also because of what we've learned from you. So all their wills and desires have been stirred up, but first with that faithful response of the woman at the well. And the first example, the responding to God in Christ, the stirring up within is Mary. So she 
can become an icon for us in Lent of responding to what God is presenting to us in our innermost selves. To the degree to which our response to God does not just stop with a blessing for ourselves, but becomes the occasion for blessing to others, which is the promise contained in the song of Mary, the Magnificat. How I have responded to God will yield blessings for others. One of the great poems about the Annunciation besides John Donne's is a contemporary one by Denise Levertov, uh, an American poet, called simply The Annunciation. I'd like to read it for you because it's Thursday night and we get to read poems on Thursday night. <laughs> so imagine our typical, she begins with asking us to imagine kind of the classic Renaissance portraits the Annunciation, or the icon of the Annunciation. So if you're familiar with that, try to fix that scene in your mind. So Levertov begins. We know the scene, the room, variously furnished. Almost always a lectern, a book, always the tall lily. Arrived on solemn grandeur of great wings, the angelic ambassador, standing or hovering, whom she acknowledges, a guest. But we're told of meek obedience. No one mentions courage. The engendering spirit did not enter her without consent. God waited. She was free to accept or refuse, choice, integral to humanness. Aren't there annunciations of one sort or another in most lives? Some unwillingly undertake great destinies, enact them in sullen pride, uncomprehending. More often, those moments when roads of light and storm open from darkness in a man or woman are turned away from in dread in a wave of weakness and despair and, within, and with relief. Ordinary lives continue. God does not smite them. But the gates close. The pathway vanishes. She had been a child who played, ate, spelt, like any other child. But unlike others, wept only for pity, laughed in joy, not triumph. Compassion and intelligence fused in her, indivisible, called to a destiny more momentous than any in all of time. She did not quail, only asked a simple, how can this be? And gravely, courteously, took to her heart the angel's reply, perceiving instantly the astounding ministry she was offered to bear in her womb infinite weight and lightness, to carry in hidden finite inwardness nine months of eternity, 
to contain in slender vase of being the sum of power, in narrow flesh the sum of light. Then bring to birth, push out into air a man-child needing, like any other, milk and love. But who was God? Meister Eckhart, in speaking about the Annunciation, talks about how God desires to have the word born in each of our souls. Desires in each of us for Christ to be born forth. And returns to these lines, perceiving instantly the astounding ministry she was offered. When have you perceived instantly the astounding ministry you were offered when God's spirit stirred within you? So in this season of Lent, look within to see what God is asking you to bear and say, let be to me according to your word. Amen.